Blog Talk Radio. Get into that 
some people are saying, well, why don't you just do a, you know, a split? That's fine. It's been done before. You know, it really hasn't been done that many times in boxing history. And generally speaking, when you do a split network, it means there's like a truckload, like a, just a bunch of cash piled up, right? That's generally what it means. Um, or, you know, the fighters are so expensive that, hey, we'll take care of our side, you take care of your side, and then we'll split the profit. But it's just, it's crazy. I can't believe this. Well, I shouldn't say I can't believe it. It's boxing, right? Even last week we talked about we weren't so sure, even though he'd had the offer for a little bit, uh, the Munkia side. The crazy thing is they agreed to terms. And once you've agreed to terms, most fights get done. You know what I mean? I mean, obviously, maybe they don't happen because they get postponed or, or, or canceled for a certain reason. That's a little different. But Oscar De La Hoya wanted to make it a pay-per-view. And it sounds like the zone didn't even want that. Showtime was going to have a normal Showtime. I mean, imagine the Charlo brothers, Charlo Castaño too, and then Charlo Munguia. We know what happened to the Canelo fight. Canelo ended up taking a different deal against, you know, a very tough fight against Bibble in the first part of it anyway. But it is a disappointment for Jamal Charlo. But, man, I'm seeing more and more people today comment on Twitter about that fight in particular. Like, I'm talking maybe – I haven't even been on Twitter much, but maybe I've been a little busy today. But I've seen probably seven or eight – media members, or I guess you could call some of them part-time media members, that that's their first instinct to say that Charlo fight sucks. And that's fair. It's not a, it's a very mediocre opponent. I mean, I guess to not add context in that, you know, when they li- he literally agreed to terms with Mugia, which stylistically that probably would have been the best fight on the, the schedule, just stylistically, but it's really funny how Showtime puts out a, a, a large schedule and a lot of folks who claim to call it down the middle and whatnot and how we need to just call it like it is and these you know promoters need to work together. And, and that's all they could say is something about Charlo, you know, um, in this fight. But they're not talking about the actual – I mean, some of them have – tweeted later about it, but it's funny. Like, your first instinct is just pick that fight out. You can do that with anybody. That's what's so funny about it, but the context is really funny. Um, But anyway, we are going to talk about that fallout because it looks like they actually gave the Munguia side uh, the rematch on DAZN. Once again, you know, Showtime's the only side that put up money or, you know, whatever, TGB and then, you know, but they were going to get, I believe, Mexican TV rights, according to the reports, um, UK. So it's like they did give you something. But why? You know, if you pay for the fight, generally you don't give much. You know what I mean? You could say, okay, well, we're not going to have it in uh, Houston or something like that. But yeah, it's it's. Cr- I can't believe that fight fell out. But when I say I can't believe it, I mean this one's on Oscar De La Hoya. Let's be honest, because like I said, he. You know, it sounds like zone didn't want a pay-per-view either. <laughs> but whatever. We'll get into that. Um, Caleb Plant agreed to terms with Anthony Durrell. And um, 
I think it's a, you know, we talked about it after the, after, as far as just a comeback fight and then to try to make the fight with Benavidez. Now, I know Benavidez put out a tweet the other day, maybe it was Instagram saying, oh, they didn't want to fight in September. We're trying to set up our next fight and they're all, they don't want it. Meanwhile, he doesn't fight till May and, uh, you know, plan has already agreed to a fight. Um, but the, it sounds like, anyway, the plan is to try to match them later in the year, as long as, you know, obviously injuries play a role. The politics shouldn't play that much of a role in this one. But with boxing, you just never know. It could, like I said, it could be injury. It could be a lot of things. But um, as far as, like, a comeback fight after taking your first loss, I like the Anthony Durrell fight for Caleb Plant, especially if it leads to the winner of Benavides and Benavides will get that done, but yeah. So we'll uh, we'll start in the ring, um, and, and then we'll go from there. Like I said, this weekend is not like chock full of fights and whatnot. So um, it is March Madness, okay? So March and early April, they pretty much belong to um, uh, college basketball. So you know, it is what it is, right? Um, and we've had a we sometimes we have so many fight, you know, three, four different cards, uh, full cards too. So sometimes you know you get a little break. It is what it is. Anyway, if this is your first time listening to the Rope Dope Radio podcast. Welcome. It streams live right here on BlogTalkRadio.com forward slash Rope Dope Radio. Like I said, I'm trying to get it back to Tuesdays. Um, but you know, you don't have to go to Blog Talk and Rope It Open. Download the show directly there. Listen to the browser. You can find the platform on Apple Podcasts iHeartRadio, Player FM, TuneIn, Stitcher, Spricker, Amazon Music. You can find it in a bunch of places. We're also part of the Grilling True Sports Podcast Network. One more thing. If you're thinking about cutting the cord or you have and you're not quite happy, I got something for you. It's called DirecTV Stream. The prices start as low as $69.99 a month. It's the best of live TV and on demand. No annual contracts, no hidden fees. If you go upgrade to the choice over ultimate package, that gives you three free months of HBO Max, plus you get to enjoy regional sports networks without the additional fee. And uh, speaking of Showtime, if you upgrade to the premier package, that'll give you HBO Max and Showtime already included. That's DirecTV Stream, and I believe it's $11 for Showtime on this platform just so you know, boxing fans, because Showtime just popped off with a nice schedule. Um, okay. Michael Conlon, Lee Wood. Wow. <laughs> what a comeback. Like, a lot of people are saying it's going to be fight of the year, and you could say it was fight of the year right now, but I, I don't see that, to be honest with you. Um, but the dramatics, the comeback, the knockout itself, um, like I said, I, I'm glad to hear that Conlon's doing okay, but, geez, that was brutal. I mean, he was out, and he just fell right through the – you rarely see it like that, man. So hopefully he makes a full recovery. Like I said, all the reports have been, uh, you know, pretty positive. So, um, But right off the bat, Conlon um, comes out there landing that left hand you know, to the head and to the body. And uh, he landed a left right at the buzzer, right at the buzzer, basically, of the first round. So it's a 10-8 round. And, you know, the second round, the third round, 
even though there was some, you know, especially the third round was kind of close. Uh, the body work, it looked like later in the second round, Conlon hurt him again. Um, now, like I said, the third was close, but I thought the harder shots were Conlon's. So I had him up 3-0 with a knockdown. Now, I did see Wood start to gain some ground, right? He would uh, close that distance. That was the big thing. He needed to close that distance. The fourth one was very close, but I think by him closing the distance, Wood, and also you know being able to trap him on the ropes, even though Conlon can do some nice upper body movement, that slowly but surely wasn't as effective. He countered off the ropes and all that stuff that we talked about he'd do last week, but slowly but surely, uh, you could see Wood was, was making you know some hay in that anyway. Uh, the fifth round, Another close one, good back and forth, some late exchanges. I, I, I gave it to Conlon, but it's one of those question marks. I gave uh, Wood the, uh, the sixth round. Um, Conlon, you know, landed nice right hooks to the body. He had like a nice little flurry. Was it enough to steal that round? You could make that argument, but I think the hooks and uppercuts from Wood were enough there. Um, seventh round, like I said, this one was really close. I gave it to Conlon, but I gave to Woodland or Woodland Wood. <laughs> what the fuck's wrong with me? He was just a tad busier. He landed some good combinations early, clean left uh, hooks to the head. Um, but you know that's the funny thing about this fight and what made it so dramatic and good in general is in the eighth round I gave it to Wood, but did he buzz him late in that fight with a few nice overhand lefts? If so then it's probably Conlon's round. Um, ninth round, it did slow down a little bit. You know how sometimes when you have 12 rounders, there's one round in there. It seemed like both guys were kind of missing. Once again, not really sure how to, to score that one, that ninth round. The tenth round I did give to Wood, though. thought he was more active. He had those flurries on the ropes and whatnot. And then the eleventh round, um, Wood was getting on the inside more landing the better shots on the inside. Um, and don't get me wrong, Conlon landed several nice hooks, um, in, in particular when they were exchanging down the stretch. But there was a, I think it was a left hook in that exchange late in that round that scored a knockdown. Now, right away, it, uh, it kind of did look like a slip minorly, but it was a clean punch and, as far as what they showed on the replay, we actually didn't get a good replay. At least I didn't watching it on the zone on the on the replay. You know, I didn't see it live, so maybe they showed a couple more clips or something. But I couldn't really see the feet. To me, it just looked like a good shot. Conlon went down. I know he got up real quick, and, and maybe I just didn't. You know, like I said, the the replay they showed it really quick, and then the round started. So. I never did get to see a, a multiple replays there, so I did give it 10-8, obviously. Um, but once again, you know, Wood started more and more landing better shots, the, the better shots in those exchanges. And he landed, what, what was it, a right hand, I believe? When, when Conlon was on the ropes, he was concussed right there, and he fell right backwards through the ropes, like I said. The dramatics were just silly in this one. I had him down on the card fairly clearly. 
But, you know, there's probably, I mean, what I say, like three or four rounds, three rounds that are kind of swing rounds. So I had Conlin up um, a decent amount. And I know that 10-8 did come back. Let's see, one, two, three. So I had him up three rounds early. Then by the seventh round, the fifth round, that's tough. Seventh round, another one. Excuse me. I'm yawning here. Um, I mean, he did make his way back in the fight, though. I mean, beyond, like, the eighth round, I did get in the sixth round. I don't know. I mean, it was close, but I did have, just looking at it, I did have him up uh, in the fight, but it didn't matter. It didn't go to the scorecards, and I think it was close in favor of uh, of Conlon anyway on the scorecards. In fact, I think someone, I can't remember. I'm going to check really quick. I can't remember if someone text me the cards, or did I screenshot them? I did see the cards, though. I do remember that. So he, he was up on the cards. So, anyway. Um, but, yeah, I mean, wow. <laughs> and I did hear Conlon talking about a rematch. Um, I understand why he wants that. Um, I don't, I don't, I, I'm not sure if, like, he just wants the rematch, or he actually has a rematch clause. I didn't really hear that part of it. Um, well, actually, hold on. This was a purse bid, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a purse bid because uh, Eddie Eddie Hearn won it. Good call on his part. <laughs> That's for sure. I saw Conlon's people right next to Eddie, and Eddie, Eddie does a pretty good job. Of course, you're going to be energetic and all that. And that little thing he did when Bellew got knocked out was a little weird, but overall you could see him trying to keep his shit together, but also wanting to scream even more because the Conlon side would get up so many times. I, I saw Eddie right through the ropes, and he was trying to, not that he needed to be neutral, but I remember seeing that, and he's like, fuck, dude, my guy's losing, but then all of a sudden, you know, that, that was awesome, and you know, the crowd was a solid crowd, and, uh, just a really fun fight, man. It, like I said, I don't – I'm not trying to shit on it. I don't think it'll be – I just don't think it'll be fight of the year. Um, a lot of times when fights happen like that, you kind of call them that. I saw a fair amount of people tweeting that. I, I don't think it'll be fight of the year. You could make – you know, the argument's there for sure. Right now it's the fight of the year. Um, you know, I mean, like I said, Wood down the stretch was hurt. He literally was hurt, too, you know, like multiple times in this fight, somehow, some way. So, shout out to him. Lee Wood, Leo Santa Cruz, I don't know. Is that like, that was called for, right? Like the winner has to uh, fight Leo if Leo wants to keep his belt anyway. I'm pretty sure that was called. And and I saw recent interviews uh, with Leo Santa Cruz saying that he's going to try to make that fight. So, um, since it was called, will there, you know, will they officially say, hey, that fight needs to happen by this date? And then will the will there be a purse bid? Is Eddie Hearn gonna pop up and win this one? I don't know. It'll be interesting, but I would like to see that fight. Uh, I think it's a good fight. Um, if they did a rematch, I definitely wouldn't be pissed because look at the drama we got. So shots out to both fighters, really, Conlon. Fought a pretty damn good fight into those, you know, really those last two rounds. I mean, sure, 
he did start losing rounds, you know, second half, like I mentioned, eighth, eighth round and on. It was hard to get too many rounds. But um, he hurt him, and, I mean, that, that was fun. That was fun. I, I was I liked the match because, you know me, if it's equally matched on paper, I, I, I mean, I care about the style fight, you know? Like, I get it, you know? I get, like stylistically it is funner to watch even a fight that's like nine to three you know or eight to four but it's just a fun action-packed fight where it's two-way within most of the rounds that could be more enjoyable than a a, a, a slower fight that's six six or whatever but on paper i didn't know what we were going to get out of this but on paper i really liked it it's as just because it was so tightly matched in the, in the ring, it showed up like that. So, um, shouts out to both guys, like I said, but Lee Wood, wow. Um, <laughs> man, he uh, he came through in a big way. I mean, this guy came through. Um, you know, there is a variety of announcements, by the way. Somebody did text me that uh, zone um, released some fights, and that is true. They did. Um, yeah, they did. So I'll, I'll go over those two. Um, but man, <laughs> dude, that was fun. That was a whole lot of fun. I'm actually, who was the one? I saw a couple other fights, but which boxer, the women's boxer who, um, um, oh, was it Sandy Ryan? That's who it was. That's who it was. She um she got beat. She got upset. I did see that. Um, and you know it's always interesting to see how people bounce back. You know, taking an L, and um, so that that'll be interesting to see. Um, as far as like, well, the show box it was a triple header, but honestly, like I understand why they had the first fight on because obviously, you know, the father, the father son deal. And then that's cool. You know, the prospect win and, and, you know, it is what it is. Right. But, um, I did actually think the second, but, um, De Los Santos wasn't having it. Dude. I mean, he scored a knockdown real quick with the right hand in the first uh, round real quick. And then in the second round, like a jab and a hard left hand, good night. You know, it, it was over. I actually thought that De Los Santos would get some rounds here. I'm not saying he was for sure going to go the full distance. What was it? A, was it an eight or a ten? I think it was an eight. Uh, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it was a ten. But, um, no, I think it was an eight. Either way, it didn't matter. He got De Los Santos lit up a um, so I definitely want to see more of him. Um, and then you had Ardrell Holmes and Vernon Brown. Vernon, what was it? Sub-Zero, I think, was his thing. Um, this, this was fairly competitive. Um, so, you know, somewhat within the rounds. Um, I think I had it Holmes 6-4. Uh, maybe five, four, one. It was it was competitive, you know. Holmes for me took um, out of the first four rounds. I had three out of four of them go to, going to Holmes. It was Ardrell, I think it was. Yeah, 
Um, his jab was was you know doing you know doing pretty well, um, and also throwing right hands, good body work, um, and you know that's not to say like Brown Brown you know landed a couple early in those first couple of rounds, some short uh, uppercuts. He was he was landing some nice shots with both hands actually. I did think that Brown, like I said, one out of the first four or three out of the first four for for um, Holmes. I did have Brown win the third round. His body work, the uppercut, um, to me, he, you could see he was getting back in the fight. I gave him the fifth round as well. Um, it was a close round, but I think a lot of the body work he put in early in that round did it. The sixth. I mean, honestly, another close round. They kept saying that on the broadcast. Like, I don't know about this one. You know what I mean? That that was close, you know? And you could say the the same thing about in the seventh round. I I did give the sixth round to Holmes, but it was close. The seventh round, you had Holmes doing his thing early, Brown doing his thing late. And when he'd cut that distance and really kind of go off on him, and, and Holmes wouldn't be doing much, that's obviously when he had his best work. So close seventh, I did give the eight uh, to Brown. I thought he uh, – I, I oh, no, wait. I'm looking at it wrong. No, I gave that one to Holmes. He landed the better shot, a late left, really nice left hands now that I think about it. Um, the ninth round, I did give to Holmes as well. Uh, he landed, you know, early in that round several flush shots. Uh, more uppercuts and body work and all that good stuff. But then Brown, you know, two-way round, but Brown was busier. So, you know, the third, the fifth, the tenth, um, and maybe the seventh. Maybe you can give him a different round. I don't know, but that's why I think up 6-4 is pretty good. You know, maybe 6-3-1, um, maybe 5-4-1, because like I said, I mean, can't always give – you got if if there's swing rounds, you got to swing them around. You know what I mean? Um, Holmes out jabbed him thirty five to eight. The body work was in favor of Brown seventy to thirty five. Um, overall, Holmes landed one ninety four to one twenty nine, um, and he threw six sixty two. They both landed twenty two or twenty nine percent, so it's pretty accurate. Good fight, nothing crazy, but a good you know good fight. Like I said, the, the first four-rounder didn't do much for me. But uh, we got a nice knockout in a competitive fight. It wasn't great, but a competitive fight. A good uh, effort by Vernon Brown. But uh, our Trell Holmes, I, you know, I wouldn't go to bat for him, per se. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't know how good he is. I think we saw some of his ceiling on that fight. But we'll see. We'll see how he goes. He'll, you know, he'll definitely be back at Killbox. Um, there was some other fights, but probably not going to spend a whole lot of time in detail on those. Um, we'll probably be just get to, uh, a variety of news. This one kind of snuck up on me. I, I literally just getting off work and, uh, Jake Donovan posts Virgil uh, Ortiz. Uh, hospitalized, forced to withdraw um, from this weekend. I mean, that was one of the fights uh, that was going to happen this weekend. I was going to at least preview that one. Um, I thought, you know, maybe that Michael McKinson 
stylistically could be a little bit different. Isn't he a, a is he a southpaw? He's he's kind of crafty. Um, and Ortiz is still young enough in his career where he can still learn in these fights. You know what I mean? So I didn't think a, a lot of people destroyed that fight. I didn't think it was that bad. Um, I think there there could have been some lessons in there. But yeah, he uh, he was forced. I don't know, man. I, I've never. I, I'm not uh, Rob. Yeah, I don't even know how to say. It. I've never even heard of. But Oscar De La Hoya, who we'll talk about later, he says we wish uh, Virgil a very quick and speedy recovery. Um, let's see. An update. Oh, an update on the show Spider by Gold Boy. Boxing scene has learned, however, that efforts are being made to salvage the show and to secure a replacement opponent for McKinson, who was due to make his U.S. De- debut. Blair Cobbs, the flair, Blair the flair, who's um, fighting uh, Rocha, Alexi Rocha. Um, he he said, I'll step in. I, I just saw a clip of that or something like that uh, right before I started the show. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, it sounds like like this is, like, really, really, this illness is, like, a serious, serious illness. Like I said, I'm not that familiar with it at all. But, um, you know, I guess it's it's real serious. Like, he's at risk. Um, so, yeah, I hope he gets better, man. Um Damn, like this is that's some scary stuff. I mean, he had to go to the hospital. Like, what the hell? So basically, the CDC uh, defined by the CDC the diagnosis a serious medical condition that could be fatal or result in permanent disability. Like, oh shit. So yeah, my thoughts definitely go out to Virgil Ortiz, such a young, you know, fighter that has so much potential and power and yeah man I phew, damn that's a shocker dude that's pretty scary man that's real scary um here's a little bit of really good news that we thought this was going to happen in some form or fashion and it sounds like it's with the network now so Ennis Boots Ennis Keith Dydeek reporting on BoxingC.com agrees to a multi-fight deal with Showtime. And he's going to face Clayton. Uh, what is it? Castillo Clayton? That'll be the co-feature uh, on that card. And uh, so that's the co-feature to uh, um, Charlo Castaño, too. So, kind of interesting. Um, it says right here that, you know, the he signed a deal with the network, obviously, multi-fight uh, contract which could televise as many as three fights by the end of 2022. So it looks like he's going to try to stay nice and active. So it basically says, you know, he's been, it's been tough for him to land meaningful welterweight fights for obvious reasons. Um, in part because, you know, he wasn't affiliated with, with Heyman. So the new deal will time to showtime. It doesn't time to PBC, but, uh, he will continue competing on PBC shows as part of Heyman's four-year agreement with the premier uh, cable network. And you say four-year, is that a new four-year deal? Because it wasn't the last one a three-year deal? I'm starting to get confused. Um, so, you know, it keeps them in the realm. 
I don't know if Al just didn't want to sign him or he, he they were really grateful to Showtime, so they're like, hey, let's let's align with them. And, and either way, putting yourself with Showtime still puts you in, in great position. So I think they made a good decision there. And it's not just, oh, they signed with Al, but if, you know, if you're trying to get some big fights, that's the place you want to go. Um, so kind of interesting there. Yeah, kind of interesting there. Um, like I said, we will get to the Charlo Munguia fallout, which it just, just silly stuff happens in boxing, right? <laughs> and this is really uh, one of them. And we'll definitely get to that Showtime uh, schedule, that spring and early summer schedule filled with a bunch of good, some of them really great fights like Charlo and uh, Castaño too, and uh, Fulton, by the way, Fulton and uh, Roman, which I'm really listening, you know, really like that one, but I'm even more biased loving it because that shit's at the armory, dude. Um, there was this rumor going around, and I've seen Coppinger and a couple other folks saying, eh, I wouldn't think much of it. But I'm going to report it just in case because I, I did, you know, see some people push back on that. But this is Las Vegas locally on Twitter. The Canelo Alvarez-Dimitri Bivol fight planned for May 7th at the T-Mobile Arena may be postponed or canceled, according to MGM Resort Insiders. Like I said, I saw that in a couple places. So it's like, hmm, you know. I don't know what what would what would be the delay. Um, did someone are they did someone get banged up in camp and they're like, you know, trying to see if they can still fight and they're kind of lingering or what? You know, I assume it has nothing to do with you know people being Russian. Um, but yeah, this is. Like I said, it's nothing to get. I, I'm looking forward to that fight. I wouldn't, you know, freak out too much about it. But, uh, you know, I don't know. Um, but, yeah, this is what someone uh, texted me here or messaged me here. April 1st, April 22nd, May 13th, and May 20th, DAZN put out a schedule. Uh, Mark Sandor, Mark, who's coming up, that obviously big win, um, against Felix. That actually could be an interesting fight. Uh, Jose Felix, um, what's it for? The WBA International Super League. Okay, great. Um, so, you know, we'll see see where that goes. Um, Zuko and Nick, is it Nikolic? Um, I know Ivan Zuko. This is a uh, 168. He's an undefeated guy. Um, taking on a, a veteran who's like, actually, let me look. I think it's 28, yeah, 28 and 1. And Zuko is uh, 15 and 0 with 13 KOs. Um, and then we have uh, Medcalf, who's a pretty solid fighter, actually, getting in there with, um, yeah, JJ Metcalf. This is May 20th um, with LaJaraga. Is it LaJaraga? Lajaraga. I've definitely seen both these guys fight. That could, that's a good little test for him. Um, and then May 13th, Scardina and Dave Carlo. I, I don't know the second dude he's fighting. 
I don't, I don't think I've seen him fight. I'll have to look more into that. But uh, the Martin Felix, Jose Felix, I definitely is interested in that fight. Three out of the four fight I have, I have interest in. Um, so, you know, it's light interest, but I, there's some interest in it, no doubt about it. Um, oh, Bob Aram revealed to Fight Hub TV that that basically Cambosis and Lomachenko was a done deal until obviously Loma had to return to Ukraine. You know what I mean? He said Cambosis Jr. team are now nearing the point where they'll have to move on and fight somebody else. But it sounds like that was a done deal. Now that's obviously Bob Dawkins, but it doesn't surprise me that it's a done deal, right? a whole lot of sense. Um, let's see. Um, a couple other news items that I wanted to get to. Where the hell are they? I can't remember what it was. So anyway, um, let's talk about, well, let's, you know, the Charlo Munguia is a bit in-depth. It's kind of like a segment, right, obviously. So let's wait. And, and that's obviously bad news. <laughs> so let's let's skip the, the bad news for right now. Okay, let's get into that in a second. But let's look at that Showtime schedule. Uh, what is it, nine fights? Yeah, nine shows. Um, I think two of them are unifications. Um, you know, well, you know how they're going to say, well, a bunch of undefeated fighters and all that type of stuff. Um, uh, title eliminators, blah, blah, blah. Um, seven world championship matches, you know, it is what it is. Um, but anyway, um, two of these cards are at the armory, by the way. And we've already, we're going to go into depth about the one coming up, not this weekend, but next week in March 26th at the armory. Um, Tim Zhu coming to town, making his U.S. debut against a, a good, solid vet in Terrell Boucher. Um, you know, so I, I think that's a, a good fight for him. Uh, the co-feature, though, Michelle Rivera um, and Joseph Adorno. As long as Adorno, Adorno can make weight, um, it does sound like, wasn't it Jake Donovan that said it would probably be like 138? Um, I don't know, but I hope he makes weight because that has a chance to just explode. And Elvis Rodriguez and Juan Jose Velasco, which, you know, for where Rodriguez is in his career, I think that's a good fight for him. Looks like that's a catch weight. Um, you know, they didn't put, they put in welterweights, 142 pounds, but they didn't do that for the co-feature. Um, and when I go through the schedule, not every one of them have the undercard fights, too. Uh, this card in general, uh, but especially the uh, the main event. Erickson, this is April 9th. This is going to be in Vegas. Uh, Erickson Lubin against Sebastian Fundora. Now, we know that this is for, um, I think it's like interim WBC. It's basically setting up the mandatory. As we know, when you try to bring all the belts together and become undisputed, it gets a little tough. You know, Tim Zhu is sitting there waiting. The winner of this is sitting there waiting. But you never know. I wouldn't doubt if they 
the co-feature. Anyway, Fondora is just an all-action guy. I mean, I'll tell you what, Sergio Garcia did find a way to slow him down last fight, though, and make him miss a little bit. So it'll be interesting. Erickson Lubin has a lot of skill, and I think he'll use a lot of it. But we, we know he likes to get, you know, tangled. He likes to tangle. And he'll get usually buzzed in almost every fight. That's just how he does it. But he's got a lot of power. Um, and like I said, he, he's very accurate and whatnot. So I just like how Lubin's now working his way back through just solid veteran guy after a bit. You know, this isn't a veteran guy, but Bondora, you know, belongs here too in this fight. So the, I like that fight a lot. I do think it'll be a little – it'll be better than the Garcia fight. Speaking of Sergio Garcia, who only has that one loss, 33-1, and one, and he showed pretty good, even though it was a weird stylistic fight. He showed okay against uh, Fondora. But he's taking on Tony Harrison. And I wouldn't doubt if Garcia Harrison winner takes on Lubin Fondora. You know what I mean? Just because – I mean, we don't know exactly who's going to drop the belt. Who's going to win, then who's going to drop the belt? You know, the the point is, someone's going to be waiting. You know, so if the belts don't get dropped, and let's say, you know, whoever wins, they're going to have to fight Tim Su, I think, is the first one in line. So whoever wins against uh, with Harrison and Garcia, so that'd be an interesting fight, too. And then, once again, Lubin, the thing is, it's like Lubin, he took that big risk, what was that, 2017, as a young undefeated fighter, got starts in the first round. But we've seen that, not time and time again, like it happens all the time, but it does happen a fair amount. Radu Jack comes to mind, like many of fighters, right? And you just get starts in the first round. But I think a fight with Garcia or Harrison, especially Harrison, man, he's a, there's another guy that, even if the fight's not, like, super back and forth the whole time or, like, a brawl, he just has a way of, like, winning a fight and then getting hurt or being hurt, coming back, and knocking a guy down, you know? So Harrison's put on some very intriguing fights over the years, even though, like, the Hurd fight where he was up, the Willie Nelson fight where he was up, and then just to get, you know, knocked out. Um, and same with the, the Charlo fight, the so I like that fight. And then you have uh, Perella, who actually looked good, speaking of. Uh, that was Tony Harrison, too, wasn't it? Against Kelvin Salgado, an unbeaten prospect. And that's at 54. So um, I think that's an interesting fight. We'll see. Then you have the Spence-Ugas um, fight and the Butiev and Stanonius fight. Espinoza did break a little bit of news uh, with detail while he brought me for some of these fights, but I'm saying overall um, there's going to be six fights, much like Fox does it on some of theirs. Well, they have this year anyway. They've done it here and there, but they're going to have like a prelim, but the prelim is Butiev and Stanonius. It sounds like the three fights that are going to be part of the pay-per-view are going to be announced next week. They're still trying to wrap it up, but um, Brandon Lee is the opener and so there's a double header showtime card before the pay-per-view starts against Ochoa or something like that Zachary Ochoa I think which you know I mean whatever you know I'm not saying oh that's a great fight or whatever I do like watching Brandon Lee 
um, and maybe he'll get another highlight knockout. But Bootsy Evans Stanonius is a good fight, very good fight. You know, both those guys have uh, are trying to climb the ranks, and you know, supposedly according to the WBA, whoever wins this fight gets the winner of Spence Ugas. I don't know if they're going to hold it to it or someone takes step aside money or whatever. But Bootsy Evans Stanonius is going to be the headliner on the double header. So really that night, obviously you have to have showtime, but you have six fights that night. And I like that they do that. That's something that the UFC does, and it's it's dope. You know, it does give you a little bit more bang for your buck that night. Then one of the best fights on the whole schedule, of course, Brian Castaño takes on Mel Charlo in the rematch that's somewhere in L.A., May 14th, and that's where Jerron Ennis and uh, Custillo uh, Clayton, which I did think Clayton beat Lippinets in that fight. It was competitive, but I I did think he beat him. Most people did, so I'm glad he's getting this. Is a glad he's getting a big fight. This is the IBF welterweight elimination. So it says IBF elimination match. Doesn't say final. So <laughs> we'll we'll see you on that. Then David Benavides, um for David Lemieux. You know it doesn't have this is for the interim WBC isn't it whatever it doesn't really matter but he's trying to become mandatory although I'm not sure why because you know Canelo is the franchise and then this got salvaged because of an injury or what was it injury or yeah it was injury it's a minor injury Yoel this Gomez the 5-0 and 5-K-O prospect from Cuba takes on Jorge Cotto we know Jorge Cotto can be knocked out we know he's got a lot of power. On your sixth fight, Jorge Cota is a good fight to take on. So I like that doubleheader. You know, where's David Lemieux, you know, now in this part of his career? I don't know. You know, I'm guessing faded, right? Uh, he hasn't had a big fight, a big fight like this since, what, Billy Joe Saunders? We saw how he dealt with him. But it's going to be a lot different. I think as far as uh, – the style of the fight. I actually think this will be a fun two-way fight for like maybe four to six rounds. Maybe not that different than the Anthony Durrell fight, right? Because Lemieux will throw. He's got power, you know. But he is faded. It appears faded. I, I never thought a whole lot about Lemieux beyond the power, to be honest with you. I mean, that Golovkin fight, he didn't do shit in that Golovkin fight, if, if we're honest. Don't get me wrong, Golovkin jabbed the shit out of him. But um, stylistically, it's a good fight. Um, so, uh, you know, that's May 21st in Phoenix. And then I'm really happy about this fight taking place at the Barclays because it will be a big event. Don't get me wrong. Um Davis Romero is not a matchup. I'm just, like, super pumped, right? Um, I've already kind of given my take on this fight. But the fact that it's at the Barclays, it's the first fight at the Barclays in a while, and you could call this a non, like, not a big fight. That's cool. But it will be a big event atmosphere because Jermont stays there. And so that part of it I'm really all about – and it does fit the vibe of talking shit at the Barclays. Like, that press conference would probably be pretty fun. But 
I don't know. You know, hopefully it's a good undercard. Um, but I've already kind of. I think we talked about it last week. There's four pay-per-views starting April 16th to May 28th, right? Back-to-back. Is it back-to-back? Yeah. 16th, 23rd, and then May 7th, as long as, as far as, far as we know, that that fight's still going to be on with Bibble and Canelo. And then this one. So, you know, we may not get one in June. <laughs> we may not get one in March. I think I said that last week. But it's still every, it's still every month. I mean, when push comes to shove, so that's where you become picky and choosy. And so two out of those four, I'll buy. But the other ones, it comes down to see. Gervonta is easy for me because I, I know a, lot, a fair amount of people that like him. So more than likely, someone will have bought the fight. But we'll see. Now here's the one that I'm super pumped about: June fourth at the Armory again, Fulton Jr. And Daniel Roman, who Roman took MJ pretty close. I, I did think MJ won the fight, no doubt. I thought he won it, but it was competitive. Was that a majority decision or was that a split decision? Am I tripping on that? Maybe I'm wrong on that. But it was competitive as hell. And so this is a great measuring stick. And it's not even a measuring stick, if we're honest. Um, because look at his last fight. That shit was tight as hell. Um, it was a split decision. All cars were 7-5. Um, one of them, obviously, for Roman. And, and I'm talking about MJ, obviously. I'm talking about uh, Akmal, Akmal Diyev. Oh, my God, I just butchered that. You know what I'm saying. Um, <laughs> that's really bad. Um, so, yeah, I... Uh, I love this fight. I loved it already, right? It's a great fight. But the fact that it's at the Armory, dude, oh, my goodness gracious. And there were plenty of people on Twitter saying, why is that in Minnesota? And I get it. You know, they could have put it in California. You know, they could have put it in Philly or the East Coast. Obviously, they probably weren't going to put it at the Barclays, you know, a week later. Um, but, you know, there's no um, – there's no WBA involved, <laughs> right? So it, the one thing you don't want to do is fight a WBA fighter in Minneapolis, right? <laughs> um, I, although I think that's not going to be the, the case anymore. But um, at least there's no home court advantage. I think that's what's big. And we know the Armory is going to come out, and it's going to be loud. And David Burrell Jr. is on the undercard. He's taking on Kelvin Henderson. This looks like a rounds getter to me. Um, this guy's gotten some rounds, but it's not a fight that I'm like, oh, dude, that's bomb. You know what I mean? Um, that's probably one of the weakest fights on this schedule. Charlo and Selecki. Don't get me wrong. You know, Selecki's like a top 10, top 15 guy. But, you know, so anyway, that's going to be on Juneteenth. June 18th in Houston, uh, Jamal Charlo and uh, Suleski, uh, Suleski, I think is actually how you pronounce it with the Polish vibe in there. But, um, you know, it, it, it's like I said, I've seen people comment on this fight. Like, Showtime puts out an announcement. Oh, I hate that Charlo fight. You know, it's like, what? But um, we'll go into that Charlo Montia stuff. But, yeah, I'm not overly excited about that fight either. 
But when you put it in context, I mean, come on, dude. You know, imagine if that was Mungia. I mean, obviously it was supposed to be Charlo and Canelo, right? But Canelo chose a different route, and that's cool. I'm not saying he's ducking him. He's fighting Bibble. When you fight a, it's like people that were talking, Mikey Garcia's ducking Loma to fight Spence. What? Uh, Loma's ducking Haney. He fought TFB. Like, come on. You know, I'm not saying Canelo's ducking him, but it'd be a better fight, obviously. Canelo and Charlo signed me the fuck up stylistically. And then when we talk about style and just action fights, Charlo and Muguia. Hopefully that fight happens later this year because that shit would have been bombed. And the way it was reported by Coppinger, it made it sound like it was going to be pay-per-view. But that was not the case. The only person we'll talk about it was Oscar <laughs> coming up with a joint pay-per-view. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? Um, but, yeah, anyway, that fight is happening. And then July 9th, to close it out, uh, Mark McSayo, who actually just got that win over, uh, you know, a, a one-armed <laughs> Russell um, against Ray Vargas, 35-0. and 0. And I respect Ray Vargas a lot. I respect his skills. Uh, people don't like his style. You know, not every Mexican fighter is Mexican style. You know what I mean? Um, I mean, look at Estrada. He'll brawl with you, but he's very technical. Uh, same with Marquez. I mean, same with Morales. Same with Bar- look at Barrera. I mean, Barrera started out one way, and by the end of his career, totally different fighter, or you know, close to it anyway. So um, I'm really happy with this card, um, or this, this announcement in general, you always like when they do this announcement, you know, where you, you got your schedule. Okay. These nine events. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm all about, um, like I said, I know, you know, I mean, Charlo Castaño too, Fulton Roman, Spence Ugas, uh, Lubin Fondora, Butiaz Stanonius, that's a 50-50 fight. Um, I mean, I really like this. I just do. And I know that, you know, people will be in my, you know, my, uh, <laughs> they'll be in my DM or just texting me straight up, oh, you're a PBC apologist. It's just, it's a good schedule. I'm not saying it's the best thing ever released, you know, but it's it's pretty damn good. And like I said, if we could have got Charlo and Canelo, or Charlo and Mugia, I mean, that shit would just be that much funner, you know? Uh, but, yeah, it's a very good schedule. Some of the fights are great. Like I said, Spence Ugas, to me, that's a great fight. Uh, Fulton and Roman. Daniel Roman is a damn good fighter. That's a great fight to me. Um, so, you know, it is what it is. I, I, I'm just looking forward to it. I think there's, like, a variety. There's a little bit of prospect stuff on there, getting a test, like Yoel Gomez and others. Um, there's a fight like Ennis, where he's taking on a solid dude. Um, it's not a huge step up, but it's a step in the right direction, that's for sure. Um, you know, I mean, how do we even rate Erickson Lubin? Now, of course, he's a top 10 guy, but, you know, where Fondora, you know, he had that draw a couple of years back against Clark. But I mean, 
So I'm not saying that's this huge test from a, a veteran. He's had some of these lately, but I just think there's a variety, you know, you're not going to have, you know, number one against number three on the whole schedule. You know, it's just not going to happen. Um, but it's got a little bit of everything. It's got the top flight fight. It's got kind of the mid-range two veterans going at it. It's got some prospect stuff. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really happy about that. That's going to be interesting. Um, and we'll talk about a variety of stuff, but let's get to this um, – Let's get to this Charlo Mojito, okay? So we knew last week that there was an offer from the Charlo side, okay? It was going to be on Showbox, or Showbox. It was going to be on Showtime. And, you know, we, we he was mulling it over. Uh, by the way, Mungia, what was it, two different um, Adamas, um, the other, God, what was the WBO uh, Mando? He, he he passed on that. He passed on the uh, yeah Adamus. He passed on that one. And we kind of were thinking, hmm, you know, okay. So he's he's turned down Andre Derbachenko, Adamas. It sounds like anyway, including the other one I just mentioned too. And you know. There's certain fights that it just it's a right time type thing. Um, okay, someone messaged me. They're not okay. So we're gonna get into the the Caleb Plant Benavides stuff. Um, we're gonna get into that. Okay, we're gonna get into that um, in just a second or not a second, but you know whatever. So anyway, the the fight was on the table. Okay. So the offer was there. We knew they were mulling it over last week. Like I said, I didn't sit there and, uh, you know, like I, I just didn't sit there and make it, you know, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't make much of it beyond God. That would be a fun fight to watch because stylistically, like I've said, then some news came out that Mungia and Charlo have agreed to terms. Now, mind you, once you agree to terms, the other negotiation points come in. But if you can get the money out of the way, it sure helps a lot of things. Because then you can go back and forth and finagle a little bit, right? And there was a pushback from Mungia's side. Now, Zamfer Promotions and Golden Boy are his representation for promoters. But it sounded like Golden Boy and Oscar De La Hoya was the one who stopped this fight. And I'm not saying it to hate on Oscar, right? I know there's a lot of fanboys of him that'll, he can say whatever and he just gets away with it. I loved him as a fighter in many ways. The guy fought everybody, but he came out the other night. Was that last night or, or two nights ago? He came out and admitted this stuff. So this isn't some kind of hate or bullshit. I know I'll still get the messages. But that's okay. Now, this is what's crazy. Okay? So, they come back with, well, you know, we want it basically on pay-per-view, a joint pay-per-view. 
So Showtime, who was going, who had the uh, terms agreed upon to have it on regular Showtime, not pay-per-view. They don't want that fight on pay-per-view. It's been reported multiple times, and Espinosa even said it. Okay, they didn't want it on pay-per-view, which that makes sense, right? Neither of them can drum up enough interest probably to go two hundred thousand and above, you know. And the gate's not going to be crazy. So I get it. I'm happy, right? But they come back with, well, it's the zone has to be involved. But first of all, Golden Boy technically doesn't even have, and they've said this much, they don't have an actual signed deal right now with the zone. That deal that they had, most of it was because of Canelo, obviously. And I'm not ripping them. It's true. I mean, that's true. There's, they'd already have this deal done if it didn't have something to do with it. So they've been negotiating this deal with Zone, but they don't have a finalized deal yet. That's what Oscar De La Hoya said. Okay, so haters, calm down. So I don't know if it's in his head to be like, hey, if we get the Charlo Munguia fight as a split, That'll help me get this deal. Hey, I brought you this fight. But from the sounds of it, Idick and other folks, and Espinosa to an extent, talking about this, that the zone didn't want it on pay-per-view either. They didn't want to do a joint review either. But you don't randomly do a joint pay-per-view for something that's not even on pay-per-view. You know what I mean? So that tells me you don't want the fight, and not Mungia, not Mungia. A Mungia agreed to terms. The money was right, and for you to say, "Hey, we got to do a joint pay per view," but you don't have to pay anything. So I don't know if he thought he was, tr- if, you know, if Oscar was trying to get the zone to put up some money or something. But from the the way it's been reported. Multiple different reports, and even Espinosa, and it hasn't been pushed back by Golden Boy or anybody as of right now. Showtime's putting up the money, but yet you have to involve the zone. What, what the fuck sense does that make? The fight doesn't even be, belong on pay-per-view. Right? I get it. I'm happy, because we've seen some fights that don't belong on pay-per-view that got on there for Fox, especially. But it's just crazy. So anyway, as it turns out, it's been reported multiple times that they actually did give the Mungia side and Goldboy side multiple things. There was a rematch, right? If Charlo lost Mungia and Golden Boy and Zamper, they would control the fight. So they could have it on the rematch could be on the zone. Okay? Now, this is Coppinger reporting that they gave away the Mexican rights and the U.K. rights to the fight. Once again, why would Showtime and, 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 you know, Tom Brown, why would they give away rights to a fight when they're putting up the money? But they did. But they did. Shows you how much they wanted to make this fight. So, and, and not only that, but the zone gets a good shot of buying 
no matter what territory it's in, I shouldn't say no matter what, maybe they already made a deal with, you know, in Australia or something like that. But the zone, you know, I don't know if not a lot of people know this, but PBC fights get shown on the zone in different countries too. It's not always on the zone, but there's plenty of times ever since the zone expanded to so many different countries that PBC sells their fights to the zone and it, and it gets played in different countries. So they were going to get Mexico, which obviously that's where Ungui is from, the UK, which US and UK is the biggest boxing market, period, hands down, it's not even close. And then obviously Mexico is huge too, maybe not finance, but the fan base is there majorly. And they're going to watch the damn fights. So, so Oscar just stays with it. And, and he literally got on, I think it was on a live stream, and said, zone, I want to make the fight. We can do a, a Showtime pay-per-view, but zone has to be involved because they built up Munguia as if Munguia – I mean, don't get me wrong. He had a very nice, very nice, boisterous, super fun-looking crowd in his last fight in Mexico. Um, it's not like he, you know, has a bunch of revenue coming in. So it's just weird to be like, no, just don't have to be involved. What? Why, why, why would it? Because they help build them. Well, then put up some money then. <laughs> this is just elementary, dude. This is boxing 101. If you're not putting up the money, you can't really talk to, you know, it's kind of like the zone and Eddie Hearn, their argument was, well, if we put up the money, then we should be able to put the fight on where we want. Now, it looks like there was some back and forth. I remember Eddie Hearn saying, well, I'll pay for Haney's side, and then you can have the fight over there, and you come up with your money, you know, which at least he was trying to work with it, you know, sounds like it anyway. Obviously, Lomachenko kind of did sound like, I'm not just going on Bob Aram's word, but it did kind of sound like that was going to be the fight. But it's just weird to even ask for a joint pay-per-view. And people are like, well, why can't we do that? Dude, that's because there's not enough revenue. So one side puts it up, and then you got to split revenue? Well, it's more money for the fighters. What? Like, that, that makes no sense, dude. And people act like there's been just a ton of split you know, split uh, pay-per-views, joint pay-per-views. I mean, there just hasn't. You know, I think someone tweeted a list. What was the list? I mean, there really hasn't been many. Like, in general, there really hasn't been many. I mean, you had Holyfield Tyson. You had, uh, obviously, both Wilder and Fury, two and three. You know, that was that was there. But it's not something that uh, Pacquiao Mayweather. But do you hear what I'm saying? You know, like, listen to the fights that I'm talking about. These are big fights that, you know, that, that have revenue, you know, that are major revenue. Like, of course, like even the Wilder Fury, like all people say, oh, that didn't do a million pay-per-views. Yeah, but the fucking thing did huge at the gate, dude. And, you know. 700, 600, 800, whatever, whatever it was, uh, that shit is still a lot of pay-per-views. I mean, let's, you know, but people are acting like, oh, yeah, we'll just do a joint. That's not how the business works, dude. It's just crazy. And that, and it, it basically 
says that they, are, they don't want the fight. And it's not Mungia. Because remember, Mungia, as a youngster, signed to fight Golovkin on short notice. And remember, it was the, uh, the California Athletic Commission that stopped that fight. Mungia was ready to fight Golovkin as a young, young dude. But they thought it was too much of a mismatch. So they let Marta Rosen get knocked out quick. Um, here's a list. Actually, uh, Eidick uh, wrote this. There have been four joint pay-per-views over the last 20 years. Lewis Tyson, Mayweather Pacquiao, and both the ones. Um, you know, it's, it's just, come on. It's it, it's not it's it's like not even pricing yourself out. It's worse, you know, because it's like, huh? But now Mungia has withdrawn himself, or you know, his people, whatever, from the WBC title eliminator with Carlos Adamas, and that would guarantee him a shot if Charlo wanted to keep the belt. Basically, there would have been a purse bid for that the Mungia Adamus, who came off that nice win. Um, and that would have been to make the WBC mandatory. So whoever won between Mungia and Adamus, or Adamus, is that how you say it? Adamus. Um, whoever won that, boom. So it's like, I mean, he's passed, they, they've passed, his side, Mungia has passed on I just did the list. I mean, it's just like, like he's 25 now, right? He's 25 years old. Um, it's time to step up. And, you know, I understand maybe they don't want the Charlo fight right away on, on their big step up. That's, that's, I get it. That's cool. But what would, what would have been wrong with the Adamas fight? Or some of these other fights. But yeah, I mean, he's he's 39-0 and 0 now. His next fight will have 40 fights, dude. He's 25 years old. Would would he really... I mean, some people are going to shit on boxers that lose. We, we know that. But how many people would really just dump on him for losing to Charlo? Is that like a bad opponent to lose to? No. No. And I think, well, clearly Mungia wanted it. Because he, he agreed to terms. You don't agree to terms and say, yeah, I'm ready to do that fight. Let's figure it out. Then we'll sign the contract. That's how it happens. You don't just randomly do that. Um, so, yeah. Um, it's it's just, it really sucks, you know. It really sucks. And Like, Oscar's always talking shit about the PBC, but then when push came to shove, he's, you know, he's not allowing his fighter to fight I mean, obviously, talking about a fucking pay-per-view, a split pay-per-view, bro. Problem is, DAZN doesn't even want a split pay-per-view. By the way, that Josh Taylor Jack uh, Catterall uh, result, Judge Ian John Lewis has been downgraded after that scorecard. Okay, um, so basically. He went from an A-star class to an A-class official. A-star class to A-class. So that means, according to the BBB of C, <laughs> the BB of C over there, the commission, 
rules, regulations, a Class A official could work in all contests, including uh, contests for area championships, championships to eliminators, uh, championships to Great Britain. The thing cut off. No, I don't know what it else it says. But it basically, I think the world title shit, he, he, he's not going to be involved. That's what I think it said. Okay, now I'm going to address this person has been messaging me like crazy about this. I said I was going to get to it. Take a deep breath. Let me take one with you so I don't go silly here. But um, this is Jake Donovan, what, yesterday, day before? Per Jose Benavides Sr. discussing September fight between Benavides and Plant no longer in play. Benavides' side claims that he declined. Okay. Now, um, Plant came out with, you know, he, he actually put the cap up. He, he said he had a fight signed before me, meaning the fight he already fought with Lemieux. And, you know, he had the Lemieux fight. That's what he was going to go to because that's what got called by the WBC Benavides. But he was also hoping to get that two-package Charlo Benavides from Canelo, right? So this is what Canelo said back to him. Or Canelo, Caleb. He said he had a fight signed before me. Then I get my fight signed. Then he says something. Uh, when are y'all going to learn that I don't hide or lie about anything? Haven't I proven my character? So, and this is basically, you know, what, what, um, what Jake said about the scenario talking it talking through with the teams um, and actually looking at the whole thing. To clarify, the fight never evolved beyond casual discussions. Uh, you know, separate paths await both. Benavides has a fight May 21st. And then, you know, it'll probably be in the summer, I think July or something like that, for um, Plant and Anthony Durrell with the intentions to have the winners meet later this year. So they're both going to fight, and then, you know, obviously with boxing, you can't, you know, just say, oh, yep, that's going to happen, because shit, someone could get hurt, knock on wood. I don't want anybody to get hurt, but, you know, that this is, this is, this is how shit goes sometimes. But, yeah, so they, I mean, it's not the worst thing to come off your first loss by KO to come back and get a solid fight, because, so... He's ready to fight now. He's ready to start camp in a, in a chunk of time. Was he supposed to wait for Benavides to fight in May and then wait for him to rest, wait to have a camp, and then fight him in September maybe? Like, so he's supposed to just wait around? That's what a lot of people were saying. Oh, why don't Charlo just fight Benavides next? Well, dude, he's been out of the ring. You know, he waited for that Canelo fight, you know, to, for Canelo to make his decision. Then they went to the Mungia fight. Well, he, he was going to fight in June one way or another. So there's no point in going well over a year out of the ring just to wait for Benavides. Because on the flip side, they say, oh, why are you just waiting for a fight, dude? You know, well, which one is it, dude? I think Anthony Durrell has a comeback fight. There's nothing wrong with that. If and when that leads to a Benavides fight. Obviously, Benavides has to get by Lemieux. Most people think he will. But, yeah, they... <laughs> It is what it is. This is the Twitter stuff. You know, that that's just what it is, man. That, that's the world we live in. Um, you know, it is what it is. 
There's a lot of talk, but, uh, you know, it is what it is. Uh, and this is Espinosa once again saying, no other network has made a bid on Charlo Munguia. The zone could have offered to pay for the fight, but they chose not to. So once again, why in the fuck, if someone's paying for the fight, why do they have to split with This is what Espinosa tweeted later, too. He said, simple, fair solution. As the champion, the side initiating the deal. That's another thing. They initiated this deal, and they're paying for the fight. The Charlo side, the TGB side. They get, they get the first fight network on Showtime. If Mungia won, then they can get it. They control the rematch. You take it to DAZN or wherever they choose. So, I mean, come on. Come on, like I can't talk about this anymore. Anyway, um, so yeah, it is cap because they, you know he just signed this fight. They just agreed to terms, and then now all of a sudden he's ducking them. Caleb Plant, like come on, dude. It's just it's just Twitter stuff, dude. There's so much Twitter stuff now. It's just uh, um. Let's see. Don't have a lot more to talk about, um, but they also Jake also said that the Mungia side, whether it's Sanford or Gold Boy, kind of misled to the like delays. There was actually two delays too. I, I forgot to mention that there was actually two delays. Uh, they had two deadlines that they gave Golden Boy, two of them, and uh, that's it. They did they they. Then they finally put their foot down and said, all right, dude, we're moving on. But they did give them two deadlines. They had time, and that's why they're not in it. But they said there was conflicting information given from his team. And this is what happens sometimes when you have more than one one promoter, right? Um, They gave separate, you know, conflicting information to the WBC and WBO for two separate offers, those ones I was talking about. And so – it's like, what the, like, how is this fight not happening? Well, it's boxing, right? Anyway, um, it is funny, though. Like, Golovkin had a bigger fan base, no doubt, than Charlo. But remember when people would just dog that all Coda was good doing his fight in Canelo? Next, I mean. Wouldn't you do that? I mean, Golovkin's doing that thing right now. But Canelo has had two large offers to fight Charlo. Like I said, I'm not saying he's ducking him, but the facts are he did. Um, Golovkin had a large offer. On, before he signed with zone. he could have fought Charlo then, right? For sure. No doubt about it. Because, you know, the, the other one I get, because you know he was the re, he Golovkin was trying to get the rematch with Canelo. So when the WBC said, "Hey, you know, you fight Charlo, and then the winner fights Canelo," well, that was bullshit too. Because a lot of people think Golovkin won the first fight against Canelo, so why should he have to fight someone to get the Canelo fight? And ultimately, he didn't have to. So I, I get that, and even Charlo was cool with letting those guys fight again. Because he knew that was the top two guys. But Golovkin had more than just one offer. So Canelo's had two offers. Golovkin's had an offer. Andre a few years had an offer. 
And now Mungia literally was ready ready to fight. And so it's funny, Charlo gets a bunch of shit from a variety of people, but Golovkin, those same people were letting Golovkin off the hook. Now, there were people like me and many others, though, on Twitter that were like, hold on, dude, slow down. We know you're fans of Golovkin, but, you know, why wouldn't Canelo or, or why wouldn't Cotto fight, you know, Canelo? Why wouldn't Canelo fight Cotto first before he fought Golovkin? It's a money fight. Who gives a shit? I mean, that's what, you know, look at what uh, Golovkin's been doing this whole time. He's waiting to fight Canelo. That's all he's doing. And don't get me wrong, he's earned that. He's earned that, but it's just funny, like, the perception. And like I said earlier today, I saw at least seven or eight accounts that uh, most of them were paid accounts, or not paid accounts, but paid media, like full-time. Some of them were part-time, but they just dogged on the Charlo fight, but didn't really even discuss the, the Showtime schedule yet. And you see this every time Showtime and the PBC obviously puts out a schedule. The same folks that say, oh, you know, the PBC needs to do this. They need to do that. It's just so funny. It's like, why aren't you commenting on these fights then? And then when they choose to comment, it's just dogging it. <laughs> Let's pick out the wor- one of the worst fights on the schedule and dog that, you know. It's crazy, dude. It is crazy, man. But, you know, you got to get likes and retweets and all that. We know, we know what gets them. Don't get me wrong, there's plenty of, uh, although there used to not be, but there's plenty of PBC fanboys out there on Twitter, too. I mean, all you got to do is look in the comments, and there's this one dude that's always, well, not just one, but multiple guys that are usually in the comments uh, defending the PBC at every single turn. And not me either, you know? Um, But anyway, let's see here. Um, we got something for, we'll just do a little boxing Twitter and, oh, actually, hold on. Um, Portland, let me know if you want to jump on. I got a little time for you. Otherwise, I'm, I'm probably going to shut the show down here. Uh, so I'm just going to go a little bit longer and then, uh, but if you want to talk about a fight coming up or a fight from last weekend or the showtime schedule or whatever, uh, you just let me know. Lee Wood is the perfect example of a fighter who didn't accept resistance. Who didn't accept resistance? A loss, a bad day, or the other guy being a little more talented. He just kept fighting to win. I'm very impressed with his determination. We have recently seen guys just accept losses. It's true. Colbert was in that situation not long ago. The zone really went from claiming pay-per-view was dead and Showtime can't compete, they're literally going to get out of the business, to insisting that Charlo Munguia will be a joint pay-per-view instead of regular Showtime. Now, obviously, we know that's Oscar, and, and we, can't, we can't blame that on, at least reports-wise. Um, we can't blame that on, uh, can't blame that on the zone. And, you know, some of, like, it's one thing to try. Like in some sense, I get why Oscar's trying to do something. You know, I get that part. Because, you know, he, he probably wants to sign this fight. 
or he wants to sign a deal. So he's thinking anything I help the zone with, it gets me in better line to be able to finalize this deal. So I do get that, you know, totally. I get that part. But I mean, for all the shit he talks, and we're going to see, and I've already seen only a handful of people, Coppinger did, uh, Eidick did, Jake Donovan, a couple other folks, but we'll see if the Mannixes of the world, what does Chris Mannix got to say about this? Has he said anything? I don't want to listen to his podcast, to be honest with you. <laughs> uh, sometimes I do, though. I mean, I've, I've listened to it a fair amount, actually. But, um, you know, oh, he, uh, this is funny. He said, this is a perfect example. He says, I give up because, the, well, hopefully he said something else here. Hold on. I'm not going to. Nope. So I'm looking at his tweets, right? He didn't tweet anything about the Showtime schedule. Like, hey. Pretty good fights, man. The first thing he says, I give up. The first thing he said was, I give up. And it's with the Keith Eidig talking about the Charlo fight. That's the first thing he said. <laughs> Let's see if he – nope, he has nothing else on his timeline where he tweeted it straight up. Maybe he uh, – I'll check. I'll give him the benefit. Nope. I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. He, he, he didn't respond to anybody. He didn't, you know, reply. And this is what I'm talking about. This dude works for the zone. I get it. I get that you're going to be overzealous. All the fucking networks do it, dude. All of them go a little overzealous for their guy. And, you know, it is what it is. The shit gets old, but every network does it, right? That's something you really can't deny. They'll say something and make it just sound great. But that's the first thing. Mannix doesn't retweet it, doesn't even put out a tweet saying it's a decent, you know, not a bad card or, you know, whatever. Just something. Good good slate of fights, man. Boxing's starting to heat up. You know what I mean? Nothing. He's not tweeting about it. The first thing he says is that basically that Charlo fight sucks. That's it. I mean, even, even Iola did an article. This, this time around, I'm checking it right now. <laughs> it's like, it's comical. And you can see some people just randomly are like, you know what? I'm going to start doing this. I'm going to start being anti-PBC. And I'm going to say stuff uh, about HBO boxing or whatever. And let's see how many tweets I get. Let's see how many, you know, or not tweets, but, you know, likes and all that. It, it, it's crazy, dude. Wow. <laughs> But this will be the people that will say, just call it down the middle, bro. I'm just calling it down the middle. <laughs> it's like, so do you have an opinion about the fights or are you just not like that fight? Because right now, we could go to every – I mean, how many people were pumped up about the fights this weekend? You know, we could go down every schedule and say, I don't like that fight. If, if people put out four different fights, you know, am I super pumped about that fight? No, I'm not. But it doesn't mean, you know, I mean, it's just funny, dude. Like, am I super pumped about Murata and Golovkin? No, not, not really. But the fact that Golovkin hasn't, you know, really been active and he, he, he looked bad against uh, against uh, Derevinchenko. He didn't look that good. It kind of makes me think, huh, maybe he's faded enough. But then again, Murata, when's the last time he fought? 
but I'm not good. But I get it. I get why. Am I pumped about Steve Rolls and Berlanga? Is that this major, this great fight? No, but you know, Berlanga's still a prospect, dude. So he's going to get some rounds. He needs rounds. Obviously, he's knocking everybody the fuck out. And, you know, he's going to be active. They got him going this, this, this weekend. Boom. He's coming back for Puerto Rican Day uh, Parade Weekend, I think, at the Garden. You know, that's dope. That's good. That better be if, I don't know who he's fighting, but that better be if in uh, Joe Smith Jr., I think the week later or two weeks later at the Garden. Uh, I think it's at the theater, Hulu Theater. That's good. That's a great fight. Better be Evan Smith is a great fight. But, you know, you could pick, you could just pick bad fights and boom, you know. Like, I'm excited for the Rocha Cobbs fight. Blair Cobbs talking a ton of shit. All right, let's see what you got, buddy. <coughs> um, Sonny Edwards and Wasim, Muhammad Wasim. Are you pumped up for that fight? Are you pumped up for uh, Regis Progre against Tyrone McKenna? Kenayan or whatever. I'm not, but I, but I understand. Progre hasn't fought in a while, so he's getting back on the horse, dude. Like, it's just funny how how this shit goes down. But yeah, anyway, Dazone does have a card. We'll see. Like I said, my thoughts go out to Virgil Ortiz. They are trying to save that McKinnison fight or that card. Uh, Ramala Ali's fight. Like Barnett or something. Yeah, Shelly Barnett. Um, this one's from Japan. Yabuka or y- Yabukai against Tarahia. Um, um, not on. I don't know where that's going to be, though. Foster. Foster's fighting, too. I've never seen the guy he's fighting. Hopefully, that's a 12 rounder. Hopefully, that's good. Uh, Avenesian, David Avenesian is fighting uh, Mets. I don't believe I've seen Mets. That's in London, but I don't see any uh, television for it. So, like I said, it's a light weekend. I was looking forward to see how Virgil looked. Like I said, I like that Rocha Cops fight, but now that the main event's off on that one. And Edgar Berlanga against Steve Rolls, 10-rounder. That's ESPN or ESPN Plus. That's, uh, that's Saturday, right? Yeah, Saturday. Um, Xander Zayez, um, he returns. Kind of interesting there. Uh, Jahi Tucker, Henry LeBron. Um, yeah, so it's like I said, it's a light weekend. Um, you know, it is what it is. I'm not going to pump up the weekend or something like that. Now, next weekend, uh, Burchelt returns. Um, Kiko Martinez and, and Josh Warrington, that could be a good fight. Max Hughes and Ryan Walsh. Uh, Ebony Bridges against Maria Cecilia Roman. And then the, the fight from here, Tim Zhu here in Minneapolis, Tim Zhu Goucher. That Riviera Adorno, if Adorno can, <laughs> can make way, that has just straight action written all over it. All over it. So anyway... Let me check boxing scene to make sure there isn't uh, any late-breaking news. Jake Donovan kind of keep going on this, Virgil Ortiz. I felt my body was deteriorating. I didn't know why, and it was frustrating. Shit, dude, that'd be pretty scary because, you know, you're in great shape as a boxer. And you're feeling like shit, and wow. Hmm. I'm trying to 
there's any kind of any more news about. Yeah, so hopefully, dude, whew, hopefully he comes out, man. I was hospitalized yesterday and had to stay overnight. It could have been a lot worse. I'm thankful we caught it on time. I'm very sorry if I let you guys down. Believe me, if there was a hair of a chance of fighting, I would. Get well, champ. Man, that's uh, shit, dude. That's really, really rough. Anyway, um, I think that about wraps it up. I'm going to get out of here. Hopefully we get a fight. You know, sometimes I say it all the time. Sometimes on these weekends where we think, ah, there's not much going on. Then all of a sudden a fight pops off. And maybe it'll be daily motion. Maybe it'll be on YouTube. Maybe someone will send me, you know, a YouTube clip of of this fight. And I'll have to search for it. And it'll be a great fight. You never know. Shit happens. Especially in this sport, right? We all think we're uh, a bunch of know-it-alls when it comes to fights sometimes, right? <laughs> and all of a sudden some shit just surprises. So I'm hoping for that. But either way. We'll be back next week. Peace. Once you become the world champion, I believe that. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.